in this dark and foreboding place, a face has emerged. Is it friend or foe? Training a rifle on it. We shall find out in mere moments. On This American Dice presents the final episode of Call of Cthulhu Live from CondoCon. Episode 4, let's check it out. And light hits it, you're like, oh shit! And you turn at the last minute, but you don't quite get the chance to, to direct the, the, the rifle at it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's leaping out towards you. But you have a moment to kind of, whoop, like jump backwards. Okay. Um, because you were able to spot it. Um, and... It is uh, the face of an older man, probably in his late 50s, early 60s, um, like kind of like like reddish, dark skin, swarthy skin. Um, years of being on the road have caused like his, his face to become creased, and he's like this, this un- like straggly, like uncut beard and shaggy hair, um, crazed look in his eyes with like dark shadows underneath and like rotted teeth and he's, he has some sort of like looks like a table leg and he's swinging it out to like hit you with it. Alright. Does that do dodge or something? Um yeah, roll a fighting roll opposed to him. Fighting roll, right? Fight roll. Fight you. So with that, so since they are opposed. I got is 34. It... So and I need a forty five. So since they are opposed in this game system, do you have to do you have to both beat their roll and also beat your thing? You have to succeed, and then if you succeed, you have to have a lower roll than them. So, okay. but if you so if you if you low roll or the, if you roll lower than them, I don't know how that would work. What if neither of you, you fail? Yeah. Then it's a, it's like a whiff whiff, like you you bounce okay. inside, but they don't hit you. <laughs> um, but if like if you roll lower than him, but but him, but you still fail, he will hit you with his higher roll. Um, he did roll for like a solid hit, uh-huh. but you rolled lower than him. So, um, so what you do is when he brings that table leg, instinctively you bring the rifle up and you catch it on the on the rifle, Boom. pop like that, and it makes like a cracking noise. Then he goes, Aah! and he backs off, and he's like, he's making like almost like animalistic noises, like he's forgotten how to speak, and, and he's screaming kind of loudly. Um, it looks like he's just, he's crazed. Um, he's terrified out of his mind. So everybody, let's get everybody's dexterity. Sure. And see who uh, who goes first. I have a 40. 70. I also have a 40, so it looks okay. like Mr. Jones is going first. So uh, let's see, Nevada Jones is 70, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is 40? Mm-hmm. All right, let me see what this dude's dexterity, did he give me stats for uh, this gentleman? Or did he just give me what I need to know and that's it? Alright, I think I'm just going to use that score, which is a 45. So I will say, Nevada Jones, you, um, and you have a firearm too, so remember that's like a plus 30 to what you have. So you're actually going on a 70 with that firearm, Wentworth. And you're, are you using firearm? Um... I have a 38 handgun. My intention was going to be to pistol whip him with the butt end. You're still going first. It doesn't okay. really matter. So, um, so, yeah, I'm going to say go first, Nevada, and then Wentworth if he's going to shoot. And if he's not going to shoot and do something else, then somebody else will go first. So go ahead and do like a pistol whip move. Would that be under fighting? Well, yeah, well, fighting will work. Stats. Okay. Yeah. 
34. Just a regular success. Um, Alright, so he will roll an opposing fighting roll. He got a 17. So he, he beats it by a bit. Um, he will... Uh, you try to pistol whip and he backs up. Right, and you're like kind of behind Wentworth, so you're like kind of swinging over him like that. He backs up and moves to to this side, um, and you miss him. Um, so the next Wentworth, if you're gonna use the gun, you would go next. Yeah, you're gonna use the gun. Mm -hmm. All right, go for it. So it's a, that's thirty, you said, right? So to your dexterity, it doesn't do that. Not to the roll. Oh, you just roll firearms for that. Sure. All right, nineteen. Yep, nineteen. Um, alright, he, uh, I, 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 he can make a dodge roll, he doesn't really have a dodge, I'll say his dodge is like super something, something super small, whatever the default dodge is, wow, that was a pretty good roll though, uh, dodge default is half dexterity, so that's gonna be like a 20, oh shit, okay, so he, he, he managed to dodge it, you fire the gun, he drops like that and falls, and you hear like it careen, it shoots over his head, um, what's in the cellar, let me see, what I can do yeah, I'd imagine nothing, you're almost nothing, so... nothing but kerosene. There's a yeah, there's a solid thunk as it hits one of the earthen walls. I'd imagine you guys are so close that dodging would also just be a matter of like this gun barrel is X long, where like once yeah. it's in one direction and you're closer, yeah. you're now not in the yeah, of course yeah. Um, he he will he will then like once he dodges that that he goes for your legs like he tries to hit your legs with a table leg. Okay. Um, 44, that's, that's a barely a hit. Go ahead and roll fighting roll to try to, or dodge, yeah, either one, dodge or fighting roll, either one works. Whichever's better. Let's see, So, 12. Oh, okay, no problem. You, like, you back up, you kind of bump into Nevada a little bit, because you're like, whoa, shit, but you manage to dodge him swinging at your legs. Mm -hmm. And then it is, uh, Jessie's turn. Jessie's in an awkward position, because she's two, she's the last person up the stairs. Um... She is, uh, wherever she is, is there something she can throw down at this guy? Um, Aside from the lantern, which she doesn't want to throw. You'd have to go up and, like, break something. Unless you have something on you that you could throw. You could throw your handbag or your your, your suitcase if you have that in your, still in your hand. Yeah, she has whatever her satchel is. Could she just throw that to distract this guy to let, uh... Absolutely. Professor Averbury do something? Yeah, go ahead, make a throw roll, and whatever, if you succeed, whatever you roll is going to be a minus he has on his Ugh. next attempt to do anything. This is going to be a tough one to succeed. That's it. She did, got a 21 out of a 20. I'll go ahead and just spend the two to do something successful. Okay. Uh, um, he is going to have a negative 21 to whatever he does next. Okay. All right, so you throw it, and he, and he actually, like... Catches it. It's like, like, like. There's a moment where he's like, because it's got first? flowers on it. And it yeah. smells nice. He's like, what? You know. Um, so he is a little stunned, and it is now Nevada's turn. Mm, well, since the pistol whip didn't work, I think I would want to use the uh, the hobo pole. Okay. Trying to whack him in the face. Do it. So I holster the guy and whip his hobo pole off my shoulder. Ten. Okay. He is going to try to dodge. He would not have made it anyway, but he especially does not make it. I'm going to say that last for the whole round. So you give a solid clock. Um, 
roll a, a, a d4, which plus any like kind of damage bonus you might have. Damage bonus is... Where is that on the character sheet? It's down at the bottom. All the way bottom right. All right, bottom right. Awesome. Zero. Wait, no, it's got to be higher. Really? It's, oh, shit. How is this woman got a damage bonus? Her strength... Oh, her strength is 80? How is that for her? She's an engineering student? Okay, whatever. She's catty. She's, yeah. She's she gets crazy right muscular. After working out, or after stu- a day of study, she goes right to the gym. Uh, three. Three, okay. So, uh, you you get slowly clock him. What did you say, like the head? Mm-hmm. All right. He stumbles, like, and, and you can tell, like, he's, his equilibrium's off. Like, he actually slams up against the wall and, and, is, and drops the purse, um, which was distracting him. But he's still just very confused at this point. Um, so, Wentworth. Um, if you want to go with a firearm, you can go. I think rifle. I mean, yeah. you could just go like that and then fire again, probably. Yeah. Oh no, that's completely. That All right, so it doesn't matter. He, he tries to dodge, but yeah, he, 84. But it, it, he completely shots wild, and he's also running around. And play like also like the light. And you've got the you've got the thing, so the light's going all over the place. So the the aim is like the shot goes off that way. Right. Um. It would be him. Um, he he strikes out blindly, which at this point, like it's confused. Like everyone's kind of, except for I would say Jesse, Nevada, and Wentworth are downstairs in the cellar with this kind of wild light, like flying back and forth. And he's swinging anything. At this time, he swings at Nevada, and hell no. Um, actually, no eight. So, but I'm gonna add twenty one to it, make it uh, twenty seven. That would or twenty nine. That would still be a hit. Um, so he does connect. Mm-hmm. With the club, and the club was one d four. It's like a leg. It's two damage. So you take two to your hit points. Um, he 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 strikes you like so. You hit him with the pole, um, and you hear him say something like, "Give me back! Give me that back!" And hits you on the shoulder with it because he recognizes it's it's his stick. You took his stick. All right, you took my stick. It's your turn, Jesse. <laughs> um, so I got a couple of options here, um, but I'm just going to go for something. She sees these two guys futzing around with this dude, and I think she's just going to push down there, and she's just going to punch this guy right in the head. Go for it, yeah. Love it. Do it. So I have a backstory for this if it goes well. 20. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Two. That's I flipped, I flipped the other way. Better. He gets a 95. He is completely flat. Like, when you come down, you hear him go like, oh. uh, <laughs> and then you, you clock him. Um, yeah, I whoa. think the uh, I think the backstory of this, because she has a weirdly high brawl. She has a brawl of 60. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the backstory I have for this is um, she, uh, unbeknownst to her mother, dated a guy who was a boxer and would always watch him <laughs> boxing, and so and would always like just constantly be watching these things and like not give him tips, but like watch as like the, they went through all these things. And so she gets she like pushes Nevada Jones a little bit off to the side, <laughs> and then just absolutely clocks this guy in the head. You square your shoulders, firm yeah. up, and then follow through with your whole body into this punch. Yeah, and it's like whoa. Crap. Roll a d6, and it's gonna be Even in half. D6. I got one. Yeah, okay, yeah, one. Okay. So just one, two, one, three, yeah. four, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Hey, that's three. Okay. Um, yeah, that is. A, so you you clock him and he drops like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. 
Um, and he's he's actually KO'd for a second. Like, he falls to the ground, and he's out. Um, and then after, like, a second, he kind of, like, and, and, and you can tell the fight's just out of him. Like, when you notice, like, when someone is, like, really kind of, like, like energetic and, like, adrenaline's pumping through him, mm-hmm. and then you clock him, and they kind of get up, and they're just, they're done. They're spaghetti. Yeah. So he is out of it. Um, and he's, he just starts going, like, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was living here. Didn't know people were here. I'm sorry. Don't, don't kill me. Don't shoot me, please. Who the, who, who are you? She says, rubbing her knuckles. Now that she like just knocked a man in the head. Just don't hurt me. Don't beat on me anymore, lady. I don't know anything about why it was. It made me come here. I didn't want to sleep here, but I had no place to go. No, no. He just keeps. He look. So if you do a psychology roll, do do everybody do a psychology roll? Sure. Why not? Yep. Almost. <laughs> Not quite for old Jesse Williams. Extreme success. One. Oh. <laughs> okay, so uh, you realize he's in shock, right? Right. Um, you, you, but you also recognize how to probably bring him out of it, which um, if you give him the stick back, <laughs> you think like, he's, he's just, if you give him that, you're like, hey, it's calm down. You speak to him in a very gentle voice. It'll probably bring him out of shock. So if you do so that, I poke him in the rib cage with the butt end, of it, and then I offer it to him, friendly like. He, he like he looks at it, he ta- he takes it, and if you speak to him kind of softly, you say anything to him. What's upstairs? Tell me for the stick. Uh, huh? What's up? What's upstairs? What's upstairs? There's no just the stairs. It's the house. And he's, he speaks. The he's reacting. The attic. Oh, no. Okay, hold on. He's got some. He's got some information. There's a nugget of stuff that I can throw out here from him. Um, I, I I expect Jared to pull up an entire page of text. Why you see, okay. gentlemen? <laughs> it all began in 1876. I came here. I was looking for a place to stay. I said, this looks like a place that was really quiet and a little spooky, but. I just needed some place to cut up and rest my bones for a while because where Jake's so old. And then I was sleeping, I woken up because something, something like a bear was up in the, up in the attic. It was a growling, and then it was, it was, it started huffing like a, and I smelled something. I smelled, it smelled like a, it smelled like that time that um, people were sick. Back in 70, 74, it was a cholera epidemic. And they don't put people in a big pit and they burned them. That's what it smelled like. But I knew it was coming from inside his guts. And so I ran and I ran and I ran until I went somewhere in the woods and I hid. And I think it came looking for me. I could hear it moving around through the trees, making that growling noise it made and talking saying things I couldn't understand. Then in case I hid all night, the next morning I realized that my stuff was here, so I came back to get it. And then y'all showed up. So you've only been here two nights? Yeah, I was only here two nights. I didn't do anything wrong. I was just looking for a place to stay and rest my old bones. 
Red Jake's been misfortune all his life. I've been on the road since I was 12. And now to come to a house with a bear in the attic it smells like burnt bodies. Did you open the attic door? No, no, ma'am. I did not open that door. I would never open that door. Not if you offered me the keys to the kingdom of God. Get out of here, buddy. <laughs> you see, you still get out of here? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I don't, I don't recommend being Yeah, you gotta... <laughs> get off you, our property. He scampers. He runs upstairs and you hear him, like, stumbling. He's trying to pick up his stuff and it keeps falling. But he manages to get it into that, that handkerchief. And you hear the back door slam as he runs out the back. That son of a bitch off. took my purse. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay. Yeah, that's how Jesse viewed that situation of like this guy, he's he's kind of saying things that reaffirm her thoughts about what's going on in the attic, and so she is not uh, doesn't need this guy to stick around. Okay, so uh, you look around though, now in the cellar. Some of the there's a little bit of light that filters through the cracks in the floorboards, but luckily you have oh, like I have a uh, lantern, lantern, yeah. right? Um, lantern and candle. <coughs> Although those things would have been tough to. Lantern less so, a candle, while you're also fighting a man. Hold on! No, no, what you do is you take the fire and you shove it into the other man. That's not a good way to keep the candle lit, but no, okay. but it will hurt. If I hurt. learned anything from Kick-Ass Hanukkah, it's... <laughs> I can ki- you thought I could only kick ass for one night. <laughs> well, guess what? When you look around with the with the lantern, uh, one of the first things you notice, I'm just going to give it to you, it has a spot hidden roll, I'm not going to do that. Mm. On the table, there is another lantern, which looks to be in much better shape. God damn it. Um, yeah. <laughs> this down so, here. Okay, well, so and just keep, you go me, to it, keep the, me on the table, just light it. It's, it's full of oil, and the wick is still usable, so you light yeah. it. So now you have two lanterns, you have a, plenty of illumination looking around. Um, the, the, the cellar is small, and the ceiling is so low, it's probably maybe six feet like, so, like, if you're, like, a, a, a regular man, like, six foot tall, like, your head's, like, right here on the ceiling. Well, um, it is the 1920s, and everyone back then was shorter. We're all three foot four. Yep. <laughs> so, you're, there's a little bit of room there, but it's yeah. still, it's still, it feels very closed and claustrophobic. Yes. And you can almost feel, like, the earth packed around you. Um, it's also much cooler than the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it was warm up there. Here, it feels nice and cool, um, and it, you can smell, like, dirt. And dust and like earth is like rich in your nostrils. Um, there's a pair of chairs against one of the walls at the base of like the, the the steps that go up, and then there's a table with a missing leg resting on its side. Obviously, what he did, he wrenched off one of the legs. To Aha! Mystery suit. Yeah, oh, I, that solves the mystery. I found yeah. the weapon. Um, there are shelves lining one mo- one wall. You see cans and boxes sitting on the shelves. Um, if you look through them, they have like really old food, right? Like boxes of crackers and like cans and stuff like that. Um, there's there's tins of tea leaves. Um, there's a small silver tea set which looks like it might be nice, but it's tarnished. It probably needs like some rest- restoration. There's some cast iron pots and and uh, and pans, um, some tableware, and on the lower shelf, lowest shelf, you find a row of bottles with all kinds of liquor. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. The steps leading into the cellar are old, um, but still sturdy, about eight feet, you know, from up there going up. Mm-hmm. Um, behind the steps is a pile of lumber, a bag of rusted nails, and a wooden box with some old tools. Uh, if you open it up, there's a hammer, handsaw, 
Um, hand drill with three different bits, chisel and rasp. And one corner near the shelves is a bundle under an oiled tar tarpaulin, like a oiled, you know, kind of thing. Um, all right. So yeah. So let's see. Shelves with foodstuffs and liquor. Mm -hmm. There are the, the the stairs going up. Underneath is the, uh, the the toolbox. In one corner there is a uh, a, a like a bundle, like a oil tarpaulin, like a like a thing there. I, we have a lumber that we can make Molotov cocktails with. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I, I got to check what's in this oil skin. Okay, um, you pull that aside, and beneath it you find a trunk. Oh. An expensive-looking travel trunk. The straps are fastened and the latches secured. I don't think this was that gentleman's. No. Uh, yeah. It, it was not here originally. It does not look like the people who lived in this house. It looks like it was brought here. Oh, so this doesn't look like it's from the 70s. The, the 70s. It might have been here since the 70s, okay. but it was not here prior to the 70s. If gotcha. you get my meaning. Okay. They were, this was a residential area until mm -hmm. it was bought. This looks like something maybe a group of like uh, you know stuffy academics might bring because it looks tasteful. How, how sturdy are the locks on the trunk? Um, or is it just belts? It's 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 strapped and the latches are secured, but there's not a it's not locked. So it like if you just like kind of pop the thing, you can you can open it up. Heck yeah, do that. I think she does that. And on, honestly, at this point, Jesse Williams is a little bit like, Ugh. and she picks up like the hammer like the hammer from the thing in case <laughs> jump out of there out of that. and it, yeah and so she picks it up out of like fear and then kind of uh does like a oh i need this hammer to help me open this like to kind of like i'm not holding this hammer to hit something with it like she feels weird about holding it find a can of beans and a shit stained rag it was yeah. the buns <laughs> um when you open up the trunk on the inside of the chest there are those same symbols that appear on the doors and the windows. Ooh. They're warding symbols. Inside, there are there's like uh, looks like some folded black cloth, and on top of it is a letter. Let me know if you want to take the letter or oh, take the black cloth out of there. Yes, and yes. So I'll pick up Jesse. Will slowly pick up the letter. Okay. Do you, 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 uh, do you do you want to mess around with the, the, the fabric first, the cloth? Sure, let's see what I do. So okay. you pull it out, and there are six pieces, and when you shake them out, there are six black robes. Yeah. Um, underneath, there is a cigar box, okay. along with a sheath of sheaf of yellowed papers beneath the robes. Okay. So let me know if you want to do anything with the cigar box or the sheaf of papers, or if you want to read the letter. Or wear the robes, or whatever you want open to do. Open the cigar box. Yeah, open the cigar box. You you open the cigar box before you read the letter. Okay. Um, it's like this is the letter said, "Don't open the cigar box." Yeah. Don't. Whatever you do, don't do that. Oh, you did it. So I think while they're doing this, she's <laughs> actually reading the letter. And you go ahead and read it, and yeah. you can read it aloud if you want a little bit. Um, the box and brand of cigars date to the 1870s. When you open it, in, it open it inside. There is a small metal canister. That when you when you if you want to screw it or open it, it's a canister. So there's a canister. There is a small wooden box with a sliding lid. Um, and that's what's in that. There's that little canister, and there's a sliding box inside of the um, cigar box. I open the sliding box. You open the sliding box. Um, within the smaller box is a silvery talcum powder-like substance. Dust from the stars. 
I would say that if I was paying attention to what you were doing instead of reading this letter. The letter that Jesse Williams is holding reads from March 23rd, 1877. 1877, you got it. From March 23rd, 1877. I don't know why I'm putting this down on paper. It's probably a bad idea but I feel the need to leave some kind of explanation for my actions and intent. When I took the sarcophagus from my uncle, I did not think it would be missed. I expected to be able to research it and return it later. I was such a fool. Despite believing in the powers we tried to summon, I grossly misunderstood the consequences. Now Robert is dead and Harold a madman. I'm going back to the farmhouse to organize our things. I dread stepping foot again in that place but I must make sure that our materials will be available again when we need them. Since the others are too shaken to attempt a banishment of the creature, I can only hope that the thing hasn't the power to remain in our reality more than a few hours or days. At least it's bound to the house itself. I shall search for a means to destroy it before the last of us passes from this world and its release from the house, if it is still there. I believe I know where I can find the knowledge I need to drive the creature away without assistance from others. I hear tales of mystics in New Orleans that know much of the true magics of the world. I'm leaving gold I'm leaving the I'm leaving the gold box in Robert's care. I told him not to sell it or have it appraised by anyone, but did not tell him why. He also seemed puzzled by my insistence not to live in Boston, but I believe he trusts my judgment not to do not I'm sorry. He also seemed puzzled by my assistance not to live in Boston, but I believe he trusts my judgment not to go into danger unwittingly. My uncle does not know about our dark brotherhood, in quotes. So Robert, I'm sorry, so Rupert, so Rupert and the others will be safe from anyone looking for it. I'll be back to put things right again. Marion Allen. P.S. I write this before I close the lid on the trunk. The thing is still in the attic of the house. It seemed to recognize me and spoke foul curses at me. I will carve protective wards on the trunk to prevent any tampering with its contents, just in case. This was the 23rd of March, 1877. March 20th, 1877 seems to have been when they completed their ritual. March 24th, um, in Meriwether's journal, was when he talked about Alan leaving Arkham to head to New Orleans. <coughs> what are those other things? I'm sorry. What are those other things that you found? Oh, there is a metal canister, which has not been opened yet, and there is a wooden box with a sliding top, which you've opened, and there has a silvery talcum powder-like substance. If you want, you can roll science, chemistry, or pharmacy to see if you can identify it. If you want, you could roll natural roll natural world, okay. and we can give you something. Okay. Ooh, ten, right on the number. All right. All right. Twenty-seven is a regular pass. Okay, so um, you got you two were looking. Did you? Would you? Would you get? Did you sure, he did. She didn't. Okay. She doesn't know what it is. She can speculate that it's the Stardust stuff that. Ibn Ghazi had talked about, but she doesn't know. So the, the, the good news is you're right about like having no idea what it is, because mm -hmm. they don't know what it is either. 
Um, however, you do identify things. It seems almost like graphite, like kind of like the stuff that you make out of pencils and stuff, like a little bit. Um, and when you touch it, it adheres to your skin, like it sticks, um, which, and it coats it, and it feels a little bit greasy, but if you like kind of rub it like that, it'll come off. And it remains intact, like it doesn't, it doesn't break up into finer particles, it stays, it stays the same consistency. You have no clue what it is, and you, you feel that, you, you looked at it really good, this is just it's nothing that you've ever encountered before. There are also yellowed papers in the box, as well as that um, metal canister. So I'll read the yellowed papers. Okay, yellowed papers. Um, that would be more handouts. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. So this one on the bottom of this one, this is for another scenario, so don't worry about that. Um, Six of the sheets of paper are all the same, all of them copies of the same Latin chant. Um, I'm going to say that you, do you have Latin there? Yes. Okay. I do. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I get both of you guys automatic, you just translate it, right? Yeah. So that's, it's the chant and then the, the translation. The translation you don't have in yellow papers, it's just your translation, but there's six copies of that. Okay. Um, one sheet identifies the Latin chant as having been derived from a book called The Vermis Mysterious. Oh, that's weird. It also states that the original chant detailed the ritual for releasing the spirit trapped inside the ancient amber. Several words of the incantation have been replaced, changing the original summoning ritual to one of exorcism so that it may be used to dispel the vile spirit currently trapped in the attic. So it's actually been, parts have been crossed off and they, they changed the ritual so it will theoretically exorcise the spirit. All right. Um, and then the other sheet contains a description of a pentagram and says that the symbol must be drawn as part of the ritual. Um, and then there are three other sheets that are not there that describe the procedure of the ritual itself, which takes at least an hour to perform. It must be started at midnight. While at least one person speaks aloud the ritual phrases, another must draw the pentagram on the floor, while another burns a certain combination of chemicals in a fire nearby. Wow, that's three people. Awesome. You are all necessary for this particular ritual. What are the odds? What are the odds? Um, Alan's notes mention that the chemicals resemble a brown powder, which he says he has prepared and stored within these papers in a metal canister ready for use. So these are the things that have to be burned um, in a fire. While one person may perform the ritual chant, the notes recommended that, recommend that several people take part, allowing each individual to occasionally interrupt their chanting without disturbing the overall ritual or its potency. So no one can stop. If someone stops, someone else should be chanting it. And if these stop, somebody should be chanting it. If at any point, like, all of them stop, then that's bad. Right, okay. Um, but the chant is continuous with at least one person reciting the repeating phrase aloud, the spirit must succumb. However, it warns that even the slightest disruption of the chanting may result in failure, requiring another ritual to be performed on a following night. You have to wait a whole 24 hours to do it again. Um, they suggest that during the ritual... Quote, a watcher be posted, lest the sorcerers be disturbed by the nuisances and distractions of malevolent spirits. So, basically confirm that a two-hour ritual using the chant provided, begun at midnight, will drive off the unwanted spirit. I feel like we could do that upstairs without popping the attic open. We could prepare the satanic circle <laughs> pentagram thing. Okay, boy. Hello. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Let's pause for a second, because it will... 
there's like a there's like a scene after this. Mm -hmm. um, I want to check in and see time wise. Like, mm -hmm. time -wise. it's two thirty nine. Yeah, this might take upwards of another like half hour to forty five minutes. Mm -hmm. We can I we, I can just narrate what happens. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. There, I, I will say this. I'm really enjoying this. But yeah, Me too, I, but I, 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 I feel we're up, I feel we're gonna enter into a more like mechanical element of this game where we're gonna be kind of. I don't want to run into somebody else's slime. Neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So if you want to, if you want to give us that to us, or say throw out a roll or two. Plus, there's a really good chance um, that characters might die in this, mm -hmm. and I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to forego that so that we have a kind of happy epilogue because I'm very satisfied with the way things have unfolded. Uh, with telling the story. Okay. So um, to wrap this up, so one person should be inscribing the, the, the pentagram. Who will be doing that? I think that would be me because I have a 60 and a cult. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're that. copying that. Mm -hmm. So one person I think also will be um, burning the ritual substance that is in that little, uh, that little canister. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that was the other duty? There was a duty. Chanting, I believe. I should do the chanting. I mean, yeah. While we're getting ready for this, the more that uh, Ava Berry can teach Jesse of the chanting, if it needs be, yeah, yeah, given that Jesse course. does not know Latin. Is it in Latin or is it in a different language? It's in Latin. Okay. Then the more that he can teach of her, even if she just has to know it by phonetic rote. Right. Mm -hmm. At least it's something. Okay. So like while maybe he starts doing it while they're doing other things or goes through it with her while they're doing other things and sure. quizzes are on it so that it's like, okay, I don't know what it means, but I know blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, you're getting the pronunciation right and, mm -hmm. you, and you're, you're getting your cadence down so everyone's like chanting in unison. So you start the ritual. Um, immediately I would say... Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Jesse, since Jesse was the closest to the sink. As you're doing it, you hear the whisper from upstairs. Jesse, you forgot to do this. Jesse, talk to Like, so something is whispering to you from upstairs. Um, you're getting a lot. Of, and, 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 and strangely enough, um, you said you mentioned your mother, who was mm -hmm. a teacher. Um, what happened to your father? Um... It does not say here. My thought is uh, that he either <coughs> um, oh, I think that she was either a professor who worked at the school or a teacher who worked at the school, maybe not a full professor, um, and that her father was some other well-connected person, but they were not married. Mm -hmm. And so, like, she always knew who her father was and never was able to be like acknowledged by her father. It was always like, that's your, she knew it and they wasn't, didn't talk about it too much, but she knew who he was. He was like a, a lawyer or a businessman in Boston. Okay, um, you, you get the sense this sounds like that man's voice, mm -hmm. but while that man, when you heard him speak, there was so much that was unsaid and it was pure business. This is how you would wish your father had spoken to you when you were little. Absolutely. With endearment and mm -hmm. like kind of like appreciation and, and some affection and that's what this sounds like. It's his voice. Yeah. Um, and I think I think she always tried to 
be this kind of like more proper person to impress him and yet in a way also had a resentment towards him and so like the men that she was interested were always absolutely not him so that's why she dated a boxer at some point and that's why she has kind of a little bit of a crush on Professor Jones because it's like those are not him what in some charming yeah even though even though his even though his uh even though his use of charm throughout this entire thing is probably diminishing some of that crush. But yeah, when she hears that voice, that voice is very much like, that really shakes her hard. So that, that occurs during the first like kind of 30 minutes of the ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, within the second phase of the ritual, I'll say that Wentworth, as your, uh, what were you doing? And you were burning the, 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 the powder? No, no, it's her. Oh, that was you. Okay, so you were you were instead chanting. Yeah. So you're you're holding the piece of paper and chanting, and you're intoning, and you you hear a scratching at the back door, like there's a noise of something scratching toward the bottom of it, and you you have a weird feeling with your hands. Your hands feel um. Your hands feel as if the skin is crawling, as if like almost like if you put your hands and like. Uh, a, a mound of earthworms, and they were all crawling over the surface of your of your hands. Okay. So you're holding you're holding the the paper, and you hear the scratching. Um, do you look at your hands? Sure. Okay. So the blood that had dried on your hands has begun to run again from from the raccoon that you put your hands into and touched its blood. So its its blood is now flowing and dripping onto the ground and then as you watch the blood starts crawling across the floor toward the door to the sound of the scratching and you know for a fucking fact that scratching is that goddamn raccoon that's come back for its blood <laughs> and they want to be reunited goddamn raccoon. <laughs> um okay so oh, oh, you didn't <laughs> The, uh, so that, that happens for a while, and that creeps you the fuck out. Yep. Um, the third part of the ritual, the, uh, the, 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 the next, like, so an hour's gone by, and you're inscribing the, the pattern on the floor. And it takes a long time. It's very detailed. Um, and you, Jones, Nevada, Jones, um, you hear a voice coming from one of the windows by the back door and it says and it's a woman's voice and it sounds vaguely familiar do you look to the door to the window to see what it is you, you know you've heard this before and you're like man I can almost place that but I I can't and it bothers me you can't and you're like I, I, it sounds familiar and I, I should know who that is but I don't uh sure I'll look you look up, and there's a woman's face at the window. And you remember, this is not your first trip to Ross's Corners. You passed through Ross's Corners once before, so like a layover, you're staying the night. Um, it was a man and his young wife. And after he fell asleep, she stayed up to listen to stories about your adventures. And things, one thing led to another, and you had an experience in the barn. And this is her face, but she's no longer living. Her face is drawn and pale, and there's blood on her lips. And she's looking at you in your eyes, and she goes, Kendall, just 
show you things. Secrets. All the secrets you always wanted to know. All the mysteries buried beneath the sands. I know everything now. And you realize, she's telling you the truth. Anything you want to know about archaeology, she could explain that to you. Because she's been to the other side and back. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm guessing it's gonna be a no, but you have the you have totally have the option of like going like yes, let's go. I want to open the door. Make the deal. <laughs> and you hear the scratching, and you hear the whispering, and you see her face. All these things come together. Oh, done. Don't listen. It's gonna be a hard no. <laughs> I don't. I don't commit to any one gin or whatever she is. Okay. Um, both of you guys will, like, actually you will notice first mm -hmm. that he has stopped drawing the pattern on the floor. That Jones has stopped He stopped. Drawing. And he's staring at the window. When you look up, there is some sort of face in the window of a mm -hmm. person looking in. You can't quite tell who it is, but they're there. Like, it's not just in his head. Like, there's a person there. When he's staring at it, can I slap him out of it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So she goes, like that. Oh, and you realize you had gone into a trance. Like, even though you weren't getting up to open the door, like, you were frozen, which is what this thing wants. And so the face of the woman just, like, you, know, you get a glance of her and she smiles and then she steps back into the shadows. And you hear footsteps walking around to the other front door. And you're like, did I lock the door? Um... I'm going to say you did, though, because I don't want to turn this into a comedy encounter. So um, at that point, like, you get toward the end of the ritual. It's about a half an hour toward the end. It's been, you've been doing it for an hour and a half. And you hear a, like, a suctioning, like a vacuum sound. And from the edges of the attic door above you, this smoke comes down, and it congeals in the center, and it becomes like a flickering flame. Has he, has he completed the thing that he needs to draw on the floor? He he, he has, yeah. Okay. The ritual, is, it's reaching its crescendo. Um, and I think all of, you, all of you, it strikes you that there is that silvery powder. And this thing seems to have no shape. But perhaps with the aid of the powder, you would be able to see these unseen things that Ibn Ghazi once wrote about right. in his books. This isn't the power the powder that we're burning. What no, uh -huh. there's a brownish powder in the thing that, we're that you burning, burn. Like a there's incense. a silvery talcum powder, mm -hmm. and you you believe that whatever is congealing in the center that is whispering in the voice of your lost dream of a father. Yeah, right. I think would she, be given shape if you were to to use its throw the dust upon it. I think she like she hears that voice and like kind of walks towards it, thinking that she's going to like see this face and she takes the powder and she just does one of those like <sighs> like blows it like you're blowing uh, like a bunch of dust or whatever uh, onto a laser beam in a heist movie but okay. just does that yeah once it blows into this thing it, it congeals and it, it not just congeals it actually like adheres to its form mm -hmm. a thing that had no form has form um it looks like um, it looks like an Old Testament biblical angel. Um, it is a thing with wheels that are turning, um, almost like clockwork, with eyes at the hubs of the wheels, with ten wings that suddenly emerge and fan outward. But they're not feathers. Um, they are 
pieces of time and memory from your history. So you're looking at it and you're like, oh my god, that's where I grew up. That's my childhood home. That's the father I never knew. That's like the time that I went to Egypt and, you know, went into this crypt and everything. But they're there in the fan of it. Everybody make a sanity check. Oh, why? You mean the, the, the fact that the angels in the Bible always said, be not afraid, because they're fucking terrifying? <laughs> um, and like with most things, we want to get low. Ooh. Yes, you want to get below your sanity Zero score. Zero three, so I'm good. Yep. Nope. I got a 96. Yeah, okay, so Jesse sees this and doesn't handle it well. If you succeed, you lose one sanity point. If you fail, roll a d8, and that's how much sanity you lose. Eight. Holy shit. Okay. I got a four. Okay. You are... Jesse is deeply disturbed, but holds on. Barely. You roll a 1d10, please, sir. Mr. Nevada Jones. So that subtracts from the larger score? Yep. Yeah. Five. Five. You lose all sanity and murder spree. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, so uh, so you're like you're like oh my God, and, and then you turn you look at where Jesse is, and Jesse's no longer there. Instead, it's that woman that you met, and she's dead, and she's in the room with you, and she looks and she smiles at you, and she's missing some teeth, and there's a gout of blood, and in her chest there's a large circular hole where her insides have been sucked out. And how would you react to seeing this person next to you? In this room, I would probably have just a massive wave of panic and maybe even just pass out, just right on my feet. Okay, so this this man that has been like this kind of rough and tumble worldly guy with guns and is a gun toe to toe stuff, he looks at you, turns white as a sheet, backs against the wall. And his eyes roll up as he curls up, and, and he just he passes out. He lo- he in probably maybe even soils yourself, like like maybe, like just collapses and stuff. And as you finish the ritual, you hear this weird high pitched noise, like it's like a, a scream or something, or the wind roaring across a plane. And the last second it strikes you, what it is? It's the laughter of a fallen angel as it vanishes and disappears, and you've banished it successfully with some mental cost because that, sh- that shit made a mark. That's not going away. Yeah. Yep. Spend the rest of my life wearing adult diapers. <laughs> well, you I, I you don't, definitely I, don't look at Jesse the same way anymore. Uh, and yeah, I will definitely never like uh, be going to like any kind of mass and going, oh yeah, the angels, yay. No. <laughs> nope. All right, thank you for playing. Nice. We did win. We did win and we didn't die. We're true. Slightly mad. Yeah, there's there's a whole thing where like it's it it brings zombies and you need to fight the zombies and then it can show up and it can attack you and the even guys is the the, the thus is the only thing that allows you to fight it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do all that. I'd rather that was cool. narrate it. Yeah. Oh, good. Thanks, everybody, for that exciting game of Call of Cthulhu live at CondoCon 2023. Thank you to Jared for running that, for Eddie and Troy for playing along with Austin. And our music for this episode included Shadow Man by Lobo Loco, Street Life Silent Film, also by Lobo Loco, and Churchy by Coven. 
please check out more episodes of This American Dice. Every Thursday, we've got our long game coming out here on the podcast feed, and on Fridays, we've got short games like this one coming out on that same feed. Saturdays and Sundays over on our YouTube channel, we have our older games showing up there on YouTube, usually on Saturdays, the old long games on, on Sundays, the old short games. Check us out on Facebook. Our podcast uh, website is thisamericandice.net or .com. Be sure to rate, review, like, subscribe, the whole nine yards. And if you give us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air, something we've been forgetting to say for a while. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.